most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Jim Ross Report. I'm good old JR Jim Ross. Thank you very much for joining us here on Westwood One, show number two. And man, oh man, what a debut week we had last week. We were number one on the uh, sports and recreation podcast chart for iTunes in North America. We were number two in the UK, and I think number five in Australia, uh, of, the, of the areas that I can recall. But nonetheless, bottom line, as old Stone Cold would say, is that we had a hell of a debut week. Please tell your friends about us. Uh, let them know that we're back on the air and that uh, we want them to subscribe to our program for free. That's F-R-E-E, free, uh, at Apple Podcasts. Google Play, or however you get your podcast, or you can download the new Westwood One podcast app to see our entire network of shows, including my good friend Chris Jericho. I'll be going his, his cruise this fall. That should be a debauchery, to say the least. But more on that as we get closer to time. Uh, Sean Waltman, X Talk One Two Three Sixty, great show. I was always guest on Sean's show not too long ago, so. Uh, and remember, we drop, as that's cool talk, kids talk, our show is, uh, I would say it's released on Wednesdays, but it really escapes on Wednesday. So every Wednesday is when you can look forward to getting our content, as you're hearing right now. Uh, just remember, if you can, big deal. It sounds mundane to you, I'm sure. It is to me, too, in a little way, in some ways. Leave our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if you will. And I'd love to hear what you think about our program. I want this show to be about you. I want you to be a big part of it. Uh, and that's not hyperbole. That's not Russell speak. I need to know what's on your mind. It helps me, it helps stimulate my thought processes as well. So uh, if you'll leave us a five-star rating and a, a review, what do you think? Uh, we'd love to hear what you've got to say. And that's, and I appreciate you. And, I'll, and I thank you. And I will promise if you do that, I might dance at your next wedding maybe uh remember on on, on twitter at jrsbbq facebook uh jim ross bbq and i'm on instagram at jim ross bbq thanks to sean creedle in baltimore uh so get in touch with me there or and remember we got the new website right the jim ross report uh, at gmail.com the jim ross report at gmail.com submit your questions uh, or your comments there as well. So I'm trying to create as many avenues to hear what you have to say as I can, and I'm going to damn sure pay attention. So uh, check that out. Subscribe for free. We appreciate you. Um, good show today. Bruce Pritchard is going to be with us for part two of his interview. And uh, Bruce and I will finish up our our, our line of discussion as we, had, we started last week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Andre the Giant with Bruce. He was around him as well as I was. Uh, his working and managing the, or the undertaker, uh, Bruce's thoughts on, uh, the very popular new Japan pro wrestling star, Kenny Omega. Uh, he's going to tell us a story about how Vince McMahon said that JR is one of us. 
I think you'll find that interesting. So a lot of good things going on. And our congratulations to Bruce and uh, his friend Conrad Thompson. <laughs> oh, my, oh, I love those chinks. Uh, Conrad is uh, and Bruce are embarking now with a they're taking their podcast to uh, video. Cool deal, right? On the WWE Network on demand service. So uh, if you don't have the WWE Network, you should consider that nine ninety nine a month for everything, and then uh, that would include this uh, video on demand stuff. I think with Bruce and Conrad, and it'll be a fun show, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, without a doubt. And I wish those guys nothing but the best. So uh, there's that. And what else we got? Oh, we'll have our Slobber Knocker of the Week. We'll have uh, the Pet Coon Goofy Award. It seemed like that went over pretty good last time. And uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll go back to 2005 for our uh, moment of the week in wrestling. So kind of personal for me, too. You'll, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, there's that. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, you thought I forgot you, didn't you? Here's what's on my mind. A lot of news to talk about, uh, some happy, some not. First of all, the, in the business side, the rights fee discussions between USC and Fox and ESPN sharing uh, the brand is a smart idea for the two uh, networks. First of all, you say, well, how can that be? How can, how can both networks share the USC? Because the USC is a mainstream sports. How does the NFL air on NBC, uh, Disney, ABC, ESPN, CBS, and Fox? Because it's a mainstream sport. They're smart, and they have their brand. They have their product on multiple outlets. This seems to be what USC is trying to do. And because USC is in, in a need to develop red-hot new main eventers. And by the way, you can, we'll be able to say the same thing in five years. We can say the same thing five years ago. It's also applicable to pro wrestling. It is an attraction-driven business where stars drive the bus. USC needs stars. One reason we're bringing Brock Lesnar back, one would assume, in 2018, because they need a big buy rate. They need a hit. And Lesnar will sell pay-per-views, even if the, uh, some of the diehard MMA fans will buy the pay-per-view with Lesnar headlining or at the top of the card somewhere in the neighborhood just to see him get his ass whipped because he's a pro wrestler and has no business in our sport. So if that's your opinion, that's cool. I don't agree with it, but nonetheless, unlike some of the keyboard warriors out there, when you disagree with me, I ain't going to get pissed off at you and, and uh, go run down to my basement and hammer your ass at 140 characters or more at a time. Don't make sense. So keep your eye on that because I, and the reason I bring that up this week is because WWE is also embarking on a rights fee negotiation. Are they going to stay with USA? They're going to move. A lot of talk about Fox, very interested in, in, uh, in the WWE, I had dinner on uh, in Los Angeles on Tuesday night with some Fox executives, and I can tell you they are keenly, keenly uh, interested in the brand WWE. So time will tell how that goes, but the bottom line for uh, USC and, and starting off with them and going back to that topic is the fact that they they got their ch- challenge right now to find a new broadcast home and to develop some mega stars. No GSP. Where are the Diaz brothers? Where the hell is Connor? 
Has he lost his mind? What's wrong with Connor? Uh, and you can't, hey, don't, please don't say, well, he's got all the money he needs. How much is all the money you need? What number is that? I don't get that. So bottom line is that Ronda Rousey's not in the USC. Brock Lesnar has been gone from the USC. They need star power. They need box office attracts that sell pay-per-views. So, uh, and that's why I think this Lesnar thing is a lead pipe cinch. And of course we know he signed a long-term contract to stay in WWE as well. So, uh, I more power to him. That's one of the smartest negotiations I can remember hearing. And a lot of people say, oh, he's a part-timer. Hey, don't let the Roman Reigns dialogue about being a part-timer, uh, if you're believing it, then great. He, of course he's a part-timer, and he's smart. Andre the Giant was a part-timer, folks. You don't want to see these big attraction guys every week. That's the kiss of death, in my opinion. you got to stay fresh. That's why the WWE roster keeps expanding. Fans want new and they want fresh and they don't want to settle for anything less. So, uh, there's that on the, on the rice fee front, what happens with Fox and ESPN, I think will have a bearing on where all these monies go for WWE, uh, when they, when they finalize their rights fee deal. Uh, you may have seen where my, my dear friend, Jerry Lawler, longtime partner, uh, fellow hall of famer. We both went in the class of 2007, uh, there in Detroit. Headlined by the American Dream, Dusty Rose, baby, who said, very poignantly, I might add, are you an assassin or an errand boy? I love that promo uh, from the dream. Nobody like him. He is, uh, uh, the king had a stroke uh, just a few days before WrestleMania. Nobody knew. Uh, he went off the grid. And I usually hear from him every few days, and I hadn't heard from him, so I just thought he was booked and been busy. But apparently, according to his own podcast, uh, Dinner with the King, great podcast, by the way, you should check it out. Uh, he was involved in a sex act with his fiancee when uh, apparently he had a seizure and uh, a stroke. And so uh, they rushed into the hospital and he couldn't talk for three days. He luckily woke up on a Saturday morning, I think it was, and everything was fine. Amazing. So uh, the king dodges another bullet, but if he had gone, God bless him, he would have gone in exactly the way he would have wanted to. That's why I've always called him the Hugh Hefner of pro wrestling. Also want to send well wishes to Big Van Vader, Leon White, had open heart surgery uh, and uh, had a lot of work done, and he's trying to rehab his way back. And so uh, we're glad Leon is had the surgery and he's, he's, he's on the mend. Good dude. Uh, funny guy. He's a character. Ain't but one big Van Vader, big former all American center at Colorado university when they were in the big eight. Do you remember the big eight kids before television started, uh, bastardizing college football, destroying the big eight, made it to big 12. Then it's announced that now we have 10 teams in the big 12. Yeah. It's crazy, right? It is stupid. Big money talks, big money talks. Well, Leon had open heart surgery. I remember one time on Raw, uh, Leon got made the wrong turn coming back from the ring, and he ended up underneath the stage where all the pyro is. Nobody knew where he was, and they certainly didn't know he was underneath there. So all those those explosions and all that noise. But Leon got right in the middle of it. All the pyro went off, and he said, "I had to. I had. I think I had a heart attack under there. I had to. I had to restart my own heart." 
Oh, Leon gave himself heart massage. Uh, but he's a character. And so I, I hope he uh, has a speedy recovery and he takes care of himself. And uh, Leon's a very good-hearted guy, no pun intended. So our best wishes to a guy I enjoyed working with and hiring, uh, Big Van Vader. Uh, hell, as good a big man as I ever saw. As, and I'm good, I mean athletic. There are very few guys. Bam Bam Bigelow was another one. Didn't probably ever get his due, him and Leon, for their athletic abilities because they're both 400 pounds. But both guys could moonsault, do all kinds of crazy stuff, man. So uh, my hat's off to, to Leon and hope he gets better and uh, we'll be pulling for him. And, of course, his son, uh, Jesse White, who was in the at OU for a while playing football, the number one high school center in America when he came out of high school. Uh, had uh, some injuries and uh, left football, but stayed and graduated at OU. So our best to Jesse as well. I'm glad you're taking care of your daddy. I mentioned Andre the Giant, and the Andre the Giant documentary that aired on HBO was a, was a very slick, well-produced, well-written program. Uh, I was hoping for more new information. I didn't get it. However, I did thoroughly enjoy the effort made and the interviews that the at HBO got from uh, Andre's family in Paris. I thought that was very, very cool. And I'll tell you, from working uh, hip to hip with Vince McMahon for so many years, you do not see Vince in that um, in that frame of mind, state of mind, maybe better said, than he was in talking about Andre. It was uh, very emotional for me to watch. In that respect, Timmy White's one of the nicest men in the world. Uh, he was Andre's best pal in his confidant and travel with him i thought mean gene oakland was was marvelous on the show uh so you know jerry lawler was on it pre-stroke obviously <laughs> uh so uh i liked it i liked the show I, I i was had i had high expectations for it but as far as that from a editing slick looking presentation uh the andre the giant documentary certainly delivered again they're just, there may not be a lot of new information for Andre. You know, I, I'd heard these obligatory interviews from people like uh, Rob Reiner and uh, Billy Crystal, who are hugely talented men, successful. But I've heard the same thing from them in various forms for a long time. So that, that didn't move me. I'm glad they took the time to do the interview. So it's good for wrestling. It's good for the business. Uh, the Andre the Giant to, the documentary was uh, a success. And I congratulate all involved. Moving on, I want to share a text message that I got from Cody Rhodes uh, not too long ago. One of, my, one of my favorites. You know, I've known the, known him since he was a little kid. And to see him uh, leading his own ship, he says he's the leader of the Bullet Club. Uh, Kenny Omega says he's still the leader of the Bullet Club. What does Finn Balor think? Did he start the whole damn thing? AJ Styles may have a, a hand in that uh, lineage as well. But nonetheless, in all seriousness, uh, Cody has reinvented himself. He's one of the great wrestling villains in in the world. And he makes every hero a better hero. The secret, folks, when you, anytime you go back in wrestling, look at the hot periods of time when we talk about a baby face really being, quote, unquote, over, you'll almost find without fail that that baby face who's over had a great dancing partner. In other words, a great villain. Austin had McMahon, for example. Uh, so I just believe that Cody is that guy. I think Cody makes 
Kenny Omega better and vice versa. So, uh, but in any event, I, I, he got, he sent me a text to Cody and uh, I want to share part of it with you here. He said, my match with Kenny shapes the modern bullet club. It was Balor's and then AJ's and then Kenny's and now it's mine. He just put up more of a fight than I anticipated on a personal note. It's the most preparation I've ever done for a match. I went back to school, says Cody. Added multiple offensive elements into my arsenal and did a ton of road work over three miles a day. And very rarely do you hear wrestlers use the term road work because most guys are too damn lazy to run and they use their excuses about my hips and my joints, my knees and so forth. Come on. That's Cal Manure. Cody did his, his road work. And I, he said, Cody said, I think people underestimate my actual wrestling ability. Yeah, he's only a state champion in high school, one of the best ever in Georgia. So uh, interesting sharing the thoughts with me uh, from Cody. I keep in touch with him. Uh, he knows I'm sharing this uh, text message. Uh, what a great kid. And he and the Bullet Club, all those guys, those dudes are smart, man. They are, they're, they're marketing their own products. They're selling, they, their shirts are going like crazy. Uh, so I'm proud of the young bucks and Cody and all these cats for, uh, monetizing their efforts and adding to their bottom line. Isn't that logical? Add to your bottom line. So Cody, congratulations. Had a great match in new Orleans against Kenny Omega. And uh, I look for Cody to have a great, great year in 2018, make even more money than he's making now. And I think at some point in time, if the stars are aligned, uh, and everybody is of, is of a like mindset. Cody will be back in WWE before it's all said and done. Don't know when, don't know under what circumstances, but he's too good a talent that continues to evolve for WWE not to notice and to try to uh, resign. Boy, if I, I would, that would be one of my high priorities at some point in time when he's able contractually to make a move. I'd go for it. So congratulations to the son of the American dream, Cody Rhodes. And I hope you keep it up, kid. I'm proud of you. Speaking of uh, wrestling, I'm going to be down in Texas this week, folks, uh, this weekend. Uh, If you're going to be in the uh, Dallas area, uh, I will be in uh, Gainesville on Friday, Dallas on Saturday, and Denton, Texas on Sunday. All a nice little comfortable drive for good old JR and his old black Escalade. So, uh, I'm going down to help out uh, Jerry Bostic with uh, Imperial Wrestling Revolution. Uh, check those guys out. And it's an all-star card. It's loaded. A lot of people on it. Some unique people, some first-timers, some veterans, some young guys wanting to make a, a name for themselves and get recognized and noticed. And I'm just happy that I can go there and assist a fellow Oklahoman who's trying to get his foot in the door for a little wrestling promotion. And I fully support entrepreneurs. I fully support people that want to get off their ass and go to work. And uh, this is not a, well, JR is getting big money. No, JR is not getting big money because there's not big money there. I'm getting big enjoyment and big satisfaction for being a mentor. And a lot of us in our life, folks, and I ain't, we'll get off no tirade here, but you know, it. it don't hurt to be a mentor for some people. Maybe our problems in the stupid ass worlds at times would be less lessened if we had responsible mentors and better parent or parent upbringing. And when you see one of your buddies screwing up, why don't you say something? That's a form of being a mentor. 
you know, a friendly intervention and you see somebody shooting their toes off because sooner or later the foot's gone. So uh, I'm going to be, I, I like doing these projects. It gets me out of the house. It's around the wrestling people, wrestling fans. And by the way, in uh, uh, those three cities this weekend, I'm going to have um, all my barbecue sauces, beef jerky, uh, Slavernocker, our book, I'll sign them, all of it, any of it. So for more information on the events of Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, Friday, Gainesville, Saturday, and Dallas, that Dallas event is really big. The Von Eric's on it. Uh, really a strong card uh, of, uh, of talents, without a doubt. Um, so check that out. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think. Gosh, the, I'm looking at the t- t- talent lineup. It's amazing. Colt Cabana, Mia Yim, uh, the great uh, actress Jessie Jane, one of my favorites. <laughs> Von Eric Boys. Uh, gosh, you know, it's just a – it's a cool, it's a cool card. Uh, uh, MVP, great weekend. Joey Ryan in Texas, Jake Hager, formerly Jack Swagger. So big cards, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, in North Texas. Check out uh, the website, folks, imperialwrestlingrevolution.com. The longest damn website name in the world, imperialwrestlingrevolution.com. You know, rest up before you try to write it because it's long. I'm being a, being a turd. Uh, ImperialWrestlingRevolution.com. You can get tickets there and information for these cards. So do that if you can. Another big event this weekend. As a matter of fact, a couple of them. Uh, there's a big legend show uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana on Saturday night at the Allen County Memorial Coliseum. The convention's from uh, noon to 6, and the wrestling starts at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, that's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Legends Wrestling Show Convention. A lot of people there. Good folks. Mean Gene, Terry Runnels. Well, she looks great, huh? If her if she, if in person today, she looks like the pictures I've seen online. She hasn't missed a beat. Uh, Cowboy Bob Orton Jr., Tito Santana. Great list of, of Hall of Famers. Santana, Coco, Tatanka's going to be there. Uh, just a really a cool card. In, uh, at the Legend Show in Fort Wayne, Indiana on Saturday. Also on Saturday night, if you're going to be in the Detroit area, there is a huge Legends of Pro Wrestling event at the Frazier Hockeyland Arena, uh, big time. And it is loaded. Uh, Rick Flair's on the, on the, at the event, Sting, Mick Foley. There's three Hall of Famers right there for you. Jimmy Hart, four, fourth Hall of Famer. Uh, Eric Bischoff. I think the Brooklyn Brawlers are even going to. I think he lives in Detroit. So, uh, a great uh, time all around the country. As I said, there's just no better time to be a wrestling fan. And uh, by the way, if you want more information on the Detroit event with Flair and Sting and all those Hall of Famers, uh, just check out legendsofwrestlingdetroit.com. And finally on Here's What's On My Mind, I'm very excited to announce the fact that uh, Squire Kenny McIntosh and his crack team of Inside the Ropes are bringing me back to the UK and Ireland this summer, beginning with this, uh, Monday, June 25, Glasgow, Tuesday, June 26, Newcastle, England, Wednesday, June 27th, Birmingham, England. You notice I got this, that right? Birmingham, Hey, Birmingham. That's in Alabama. Uh, Friday, June 29th, Limerick, Ireland. And Saturday, June 30th, in Galway, Ireland. So uh, there's five shows. 
Glasgow, Newcastle, Birmingham, Limerick, and Galloway. Now, the, here's the deal. These venues are not massive. It's going to be very intimate. We have some great Q&As. Kenny is a great interviewer. Uh, and But to get there to see it, you got to have a ticket, right? And tickets go on sale Monday, April 23rd, ladies and gents. Monday, April 23rd, uh, tickets go on sale at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I assume that is, uh, is, uh, is Glasgow time. I'm not sure. It's at insidetheropes.co.uk. Now, I've been saying this wrong maybe sometimes. Insidetheropes.co. Is it co or is it co? I know it's co. That's how you spell it. So insidetheropes.co.uk on sale Monday, April 23rd, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Love to see you there. We'll be talking a lot more about this. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it immensely. And uh, I'd love to do another tour uh, in that part of the world before the end of the year as well so that's all depending on how good this one does so hope you get a ticket and you'll join us and uh, we will guarantee you will be entertained i'll have my books with me we'll be selling books uh and signing them so uh just uh, hope you'll uh you plan on joining us uh on uh in, at the end of june more on that still to come well, folks, this week's Slobber Rocker of the Week was a challenge for me because uh, a lot of people had good weeks. They had significant weeks. They had very important weeks in their careers. Thus far, in the wrestling world, if you have an important week in your career, you have an important week in your life because for many of us, this crazy-ass business is our life. But uh, I, I came very close to naming Paige as the Slobber Knocker of the Week, but I didn't. Uh, I will say this. She's the new SmackDown general manager. Uh, she has a second chance. I really thank the world, this young lady. Uh, she's a beautiful young woman. She has a lot of skill, a lot of natural instincts, great uh, enthusiasm. She has it. Unfortunately, she's not going to be wrestling anymore. But that doesn't mean she can't be a star. That doesn't mean she can't earn a lot of money. And it doesn't mean she can't have a long, successful career. But remember, uh, it's a second chance and those are not passed out, you know, right and left. So I just hope that she takes advantage of it, uh, and, and readjusts her goals somewhat, but Paige can still be, and will be a major star in WWE. If she chooses to be special in her role as a SmackDown general manager, and I am pulling like hell for her. She's just a, she's just a, uh, she's just an amazing young woman in more ways than one. So, uh, Paige, if you're listening, I'm pulling for you and, uh, make the most of this opportunity, young lady. But the winner of Slobber Knocker of the Week goes to Jeffrey Nero Hardy for becoming the United States champion. Now, think about this. Uh, Jeff's a U.S. champion. He's now a member of the SmackDown roster. By the way, SmackDown did pretty good, I thought, in the uh, draft thing. Uh, but, for Jeff, he's 40. He's got two children. And it's time to make really good decisions on every day. When you're a father or a parent, every minute of every day is when you need to make good decisions because you're not just thinking about yourself. There's a whole army, family, friends that are dependent on you uh, in, a, in, a ver- in a variety of ways. So Jeff is the United States champion. He's get, he just... Had a little brush the law not that long ago. 
hopefully that was a bump in the road and it's nothing that's going to be coming back to uh, reoccur. Can't happen. Can't happen. I mean, so, well, what if he oh, – no, it can't happen. You can't fumble. You're in the red zone. Can't not do it. Can't do it. So uh, I think uh, if you look at it realistically, and maybe I'm wrong on this one, but think, look at the math, the, his age, in other words, and his injury total, and he's 40. Well, how many more major, quote-unquote, runs will Jeff Hardy get in the business? Well, there's no bigger place, no bigger stage than WWE, so he's there now. He got back there. It's miraculous. So much like I mentioned with Paige, you just want to take advantage of this opportunity because I just don't know how often these uh, uh, opportunity cards are going to be doled out. I really don't. But I will tell you this. Uh, Jeff Hardy came out the other night on Raw, got the biggest pop, I think, of Balor. I can't remember who else was in the ring, uh, a six-man tag. And uh, he got as big a pop as anybody on the show. On my television, he is still over, period. He has the it factor. You can't manufacture it. Uh, and, you know, he's just uh, has the opportunity to make this U.S. title mean more, earn himself a lot more money, build to his legacy, and have this story that has had a, a million twists and turns uh, with a crazy uh, – dysfunctional uh, GPS at times to leave the business whenever that's going to be long time. I hope uh, with a really great legacy that he and his family and his children will be proud of. I love this kid. You know, one of my most repeated calls is when it was the undertaker versus Jeff Hardy in the ladder match. And I said something to the effect, you know, climb the ladder kid, climb the ladder kid, make yourself famous. So I just love him. He's just got great charisma. You know, I hired him when he was 16, WWE. I think he might have fibbed on his age, but he and Matt came to dinner TVs, and they were what they call enhancement talents. They lost every match pretty much, and they wrestled in their own homemade wrestling attire. I always thought that was kind of cool. So uh, I'm pulling for you, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Nero, and uh, what an opportunity. What an opportunity. You'd be a solo star resurrect the u.s title belt continue to resurrect the u.s title belt so uh it's just time ladies and gentlemen and uh my question is it's your time jeff but what are you going to do with that time it's slobberknocker good oh, son of a bitch you know last week when we introduced the pet kung goofy award here on the jim ross report on the mighty westwood one uh i got a lot of great feedback on uh, that you know, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, obviously. Uh, you know, I actually did have a pet coon. That's why I got the term, because they're not they're not good house pets. <laughs> my dad had my – I had my pet coon tied up outside the house, back of the house, and he paced back and forth so much he wore out the grass, and it pissed my dad off something fierce because he wanted our yard to look like the 18th hole of the Masters. Me and my little push mower. Thanks, Dad. And – uh so I got up one morning and to go feed the pet coon who attacked me every time I got around him, which was really smart on my behalf. My dad let me get scratched and bit enough to where I learned my lesson. Then I went to feed the little son of a gun one morning and he was gone. And uh, dad said, well, he probably escaped. He wanted to go back to his family. Some story that dad made up. I know what dad did with the coon, but they're goofy. They're not, you can't, I have not seen a domesticated coon. 
So hence the tune Pet Coon Goofy, if you're wondering. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. The Pet Coon Goofy Award this week goes to various members of the media. Now, they are maligned sometimes too much, no doubt. Uh, and I, but I think sometimes they can be disagreed with, uh, and I'm going to disagree with some things. I disagree with uh, the media trying to figure out why uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella are no longer engaged. I was asked that question on uh, when I got the LAX airport this week. Hell, I don't know. It's none of my business. I don't follow him around. I hired John Cena. I think he's, I think he's arguably the one of the greatest hires that we ever made. He is one of the top four or five all-time WWE performers ever. Some say number one. Some say maybe not, but he's, he's in the conversation no matter what you say. And so whatever happens in somebody's personal life in that respect, uh, I don't get involved in. And if I was a head, head of talent relations, this occurred, same theory. Unless it's affecting your work, it's none of my damn business. And is it really a news story? Well, yeah, they're famous. Well, maybe we should focus on other famous people that are doing other things that are more meaningful than breaking up. That's all I'm saying. But that's not the winner. The winner is the media that's criticizing WWE for going to Saudi Arabia and not taking any female performers. Well, and the issue is it makes, they make it sound like WWE is being only about the money and that they're very hypocritical for going to a country that doesn't allow women to drive uh, and several other restrictions on equality in that regard. So that said, we know that Saudi Arabia is doing a lot of work to dispel old customs, to bring a little bit of the West into their country. One example, WWE, 50-man Royal Rumble match, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. I'm going to be on that uh, broadcast team at that event. Uh, it's going to air on the WWE Network. We all know about that. It's huge. It really is huge. But they're trying, they, meaning the government of Saudi Arabia, trying to bring their, a lot of their customs, uh, modernize them. There's even people there teaching women how to drive. And so I can't go back and change history. Neither can you, neither can anybody listening. All, all any of us can do in our lives, folks, is to impact the future. Today's here. It's on us, right? So by the WWE going to Saudi Arabia, in my mind, it's a great thing for uh, the equality of all genders. I think it's, it's a step in the right direction of bringing some American, some uh, Western customs to Saudi Arabia. That's all I'm saying. And certainly it's uncomfortable. The fact that uh, women can, are not going right now. I stress right now because I truly believe that uh, bringing visitors from the West to Saudi Arabia, like WWE is going to help this movement. And I think that in time and maybe not that long a time, uh, there will be, female athletes competing on WWE events, uh, in Saudi Arabia. So all I can say is that, you know, I understand the point, uh, but there, there are things are being done there to undo centuries. So I don't know what, uh, why the WWE should be to blame for this. It is an amazing, amazing get G E T get a great, uh, thing for business to have a 10 year contract with one of the richest countries in the world. It creates another place for uh, talents to work. 
It creates more live events. It creates more television content. Uh, it's great for PR and publicity. And when WWE does well pub- in publicity and uh, media, it helps all wrestling companies, in my estimation. So that's where I am with that deal. Uh, let's not get too crazy about it, media. Uh, and I respect what you guys do, gals. But come on. You know, we can't change the past. We can try to help change the future. And I think that's what WWE is doing by going to Saudi Arabia. I can't wait to get over there. And I hope you guys, you guys will tune in and watch us on uh, the WWE Network. Another reason you should have the network. nine ninety nine, you get it all. So that's my take on that thing. Didn't want to get too political about it. But, you know, the I just I, I wish the women were going with us, too, to perform for the, this audience. It's just not the right time. And, and we have to look at we have to play by their rules right now. So uh, that's how I feel. And that is why media condemning WWE for going to Saudi Arabia have been awarded the prestigious Pet Coon Goofy Award for this week. Hey, kids, before we get to uh, this week in wrestling, uh, I want to just give you my thoughts on uh, real quick on the uh, superstar shakeup on Raw and SmackDown. And it, it basically is this. First of all, I thought SmackDown uh, did real well. And, and, and Raw, for that matter, is still loaded. It has to be loaded. Three-hour show. It's the flagship. But the gap between Raw and SmackDown is narrowing in my mind. At least that's my perception. So the superstar shakeup was what it was. And here's what I mean. It's much to do about nothing. Nothing. The shakeup means nothing until it's put into practice until we see who's going to be wrestling who until we see if the superstars that are given another opportunity. Some of them might even say they're, they're getting a reprieve from getting their future endeavor papers. Let's see if they come back with a new start. You have to mentally and physically hit the reset button. So what stars are going to be real stars and what stars are going to add a few things that are good, subtract a few things that are not so good, and elevate their game in hopes of getting to the next level. I mentioned USC earlier about needing stars, breakout stars, on top of the stars, their names on top of the title. Uh, John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara underneath, the quiet man. That deal. Everybody wants to be above the title, man. So who's going who's gonna to fight their way to getting above the title uh, of the show or the brand? Or the event. That's what I'm wondering. And we don't know those answers. So we can mentally masturbate ourselves a million times if we choose to. But we can't answer the questions. We can only assume. And we all know what happens when we assume, right? You make an ass of you and me. So uh, I just I just think that I'm curious as to how the talents themselves are going to change. I will tell you this. If any talents are listening, and we have a lot of wrestlers that listen to our show, you got to continually improve your game. Dwelling in the comfort zone is eating poison. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Simple. So, uh, just if you're if you've been drafted or moved, I mean, when I got drafted in two thousand, I think two thousand eight, I was not happy about it. I was pissed off. I was angry. I thought I'd been betrayed, blah, blah, blah. And that's all my massive ego talking. I should have shut the hell up, cashed those big old fat checks, and uh, went on to SmackDown without, with no whimpering. 
I didn't do that. I'm embarrassed about my conduct in that era. Uh, a lot of things are going on in my life that you read my book, Slobber Knocker, you know a lot about. But man, oh man, I just, uh, I, didn't, I didn't conduct myself as a pro. So take it from somebody that has erred. If you're given a fresh start on a new brand, by God, make the most of it. Don't be the same as you were last week. You got to be different. You got to evolve. So the bottom line is on uh, this thought of the superstar shakeup is let's let it evolve. We can't change it. We can't affect it in, in to large degrees. Oh, of course you can affect it by not buying tickets. You're angry. You're pro- Why would you protest going to a wrestling show? Really? Hell, if you're going to protest something big, protest your government. Protest bit bad people. But my point is, is that it's too early to tell how the superstar shakeup is going to pan out. But I did like the fact that, uh, uh, the SmackDown roster got stronger, you know, Samoa Joe there, uh, the women's Oscar, Charlotte, uh, Becky Lynch, all still there on SmackDown. So SmackDown to me came out of the, uh, uh, transition very positively. And of course, raw is the number one priority and probably should always be, uh, you know, as long as it's on Monday nights, that's the night for wrestling. So, uh, that's my thoughts on that. Just let's not get too wrapped up. Yay, nay, or indifferent. Let's follow it see how, how it works out. And, but key, remember this, see if you're if the wrestler that you like has changed their game. Any, whether it be a tire, a couple of moves added a new finish, something, have they changed their presentation? Are they singing new music? If they're singing the same old songs, then the experiment of giving them a second chance in the superstar shakeup will be a disappointing failure. Strategy, my Oklahoma ass. You know, I've had uh, over 40 years in the wrestling business, I'm blessed to say. Wouldn't change a damn thing. It's been wonderful. Uh, but uh, one of my most memorable moments is the topic of our This Week in Wrestling. 2005, ladies and gentlemen, set the stage for you. 2005. Madison Square Garden, jammed to the rafters. The SRO signs, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, God bless you, Gorilla, went out early. Because somewhere along the way, good old JR ran afoul of the mean villain Triple H. And uh, I was forced into a match in the garden, last segment of the night, uh, against Triple H in a, of course, a no disqualification match, because you guys know I can't maintain my composure, my <laughs> or my uh, my angst. What it meant was, of course, for the TV audience, the storytellers, that he could do anything he wanted to me and not be reprimanded. So I uh, I do the thing, and I'm very apprehensive. I never liked doing the in-ring bits. And, the, and I'll tell you why. I wasn't worth a damn at it. Why do you want to engage in something you're not very good at, at least in your mind's eye? Maybe I'm too hard on myself. Reminds me of my, one of my favorite shows as a kid, Leave it to Beaver. Gee, Ward, you're a little rough on the beaver last night. Uh, June. June, you know June. Barbara Billingsley for you trivia bus. I don't know if she ever said that or not. Gee, Ward, that was the father. You're a little rough on the beaver last night. I thought it was one of the great inside jokes. But anyway, uh, I digress, as I often do. Um, so I'm signed. I do this match. I leave the broadcast position. I, I wrestle in a pair of black jeans and an OU football jersey. Uh, and I got, I, I was, the blood was a big issue. I was so 
nervous, folks. I had I had performance anxiety. I would not have been a hit in the bedroom that night under the same circumstances. Couldn't perform in my view because I was way out of my element. Anyway, I I get busted open and and uh, by the way, congratulations to Bust Open on Sirius XM doing a great job every day now. My good friend uh, Dave LaGreca and his cast of thousands, some Hall of Famers, all kinds of good stuff. Mark Henry, Bubba Ray or Bully Ray. Uh, among others, but great show. Anyway, I digressed again. So there, anyway, back to the original story. I, we're in the match. He's beating the hell out of me. Uh, I am a bloody, a bloody mess. My face is a crimson mask. Uh, my Jersey is ripped. Thank God for the children and the women in the audience. I had a t-shirt on under it. Seeing me with my shirt off is, you know, like seeing a, a human with a, they just had a litter of pups. I don't need that. You don't need that kids. And so, uh, but lo and behold, just as I was about to expire, uh, here comes Dave Batista, big Dave riding to the rescue. And all that match was is to set up more angst for triple H and Batista's match. I was a conduit done. I, I was that way a lot. I didn't have a problem with being my role. I just never thought I was very good at it, but I'll tell you this. Paul Levesque carried me through that little situation. He took care of me. Uh, uh, he, he didn't have to, he was, he was very respectful, very professional, but my wife now, on the other hand, my late wife, Jan, God bless the metal angel. She was not so happy with her husband. She wasn't aware the blood was going to happen, especially to the degree that it was. So I get back to the back and man, she's pissed at me Woo! back in the locker room area. Uh, and I didn't go to a medical facility. Uh, the doctors are there. They glued my cut shut. Uh, and, uh, I thought I would need a stitch, but they said, we'll, just, we'll glue it. And, and uh, I wanted to get dressed and, and all those bloody clothes and, and get home to take my, take my trip to the woodshed because she was very, she was scared. Maybe I was a good seller. I don't know. Or maybe I was just, I looked like I was ex- expiring because I probably was, but that was a major moment. Uh, April 18th, 2005, Madison square garden to close the show. And ladies and gentlemen, lo and behold, Good old JR beat Triple H one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Got to say that right or it's not cool. In the middle of the ring uh, in Madison Square Garden. Bucket list moment. And uh, I don't know that those pictures of me from that night will ever be shown anywhere. They're pretty gruesome. I don't think I think I have one, but I, I don't need it. But none the point being, it was a very graphic situation. And it made it got a lot of momentum added to the ongoing rivalry between uh, Batista and Triple H, and I thank both those gentlemen for uh, uh, letting me be a part of their presentation. And uh, even though I know, folks, I know on April eighteenth, two thousand five, just like any other night, OGR was about as clumsy as a cow on ice. Bruce Pritchard, part two, straight ahead, folks. Uh, a lot of good stuff to talk to Bruce about there. Uh, and I do want to remind you guys how important it is to subscribe for free to our show at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or however you, however you get your podcast. And, or you can do it really easy. You can download the new Westwood One Podcasts app. You can see the whole network of shows, and there's some damn good ones on there, including uh, Talk is Jericho, XFOC 12360 and many more. And remember, our show drops every Wednesday, if you're wondering. 
and uh, Apple Podcast is your spot. I would love, I would dearly love that uh, if you would submit a five-star review for our show, take you about a minute, and uh, love if you leave us a, a feedback. What do you think? I want this to be about you as much as it is about anything else. Because without you guys, as I said, man, it's a serious thing. It's, I'm not kissing your butt. It's just true. If I can make you guys happy, then you're going to listen. You're going to tell your buddies about it. Hey, y'all, listen to JR's podcast. Not bad. So uh, I'm at. I'm also on Twitter at JR's BBQ, Facebook and Instagram Jim Ross Barbecue. So, uh, but the key thing: uh, subscribe for free. Remember to leave a five-star review. I want to be your five-star recruit on Apple Podcasts and also some comments. And by the way, remember I mentioned that we have new the, the, the uh, email, thejimrossreport at gmail.com. It's where you can leave – also you can leave comments uh, for the show and uh, maybe some, uh, but more importantly, questions for our uh, mailbag. All right, so Bruce Pritchard is uh, – part two is coming up. Good stuff. Congratulations again to Bruce and his his, uh, uh, his partner, Conrad Thompson. Uh, they're doing a, a new gig, uh, taking their podcast to uh, video on the WWE Network on-demand service. I wish them nothing but the best. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a little bit more uh, – I don't know. It will be R-rated, maybe a little R-rated. I'm not sure. More mature than the standard bill of fare there, I think, for this era. So uh, check it out there, and you should be – Subscribe to the WWE Network anyway, in my view, and uh, that's just my take. So we, we caught up with Bruce uh, before I went on uh, hiatus, and then uh, we had part one last week. Got a lot of good reviews. It's a fun to talk to an old friend. He's doing really well right now in the business that he loves, and uh, I think that's great. Plus, he's making Conrad. Oh, my, my, I love those cheeks. He has Gucci cheeks. He has, uh, he's making Conrad a lot more money. Here you go. Well, old Rusey's back, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to hit you some quick questions. All right. Here we go. During the Monday Night Wars, did WCW ever make an offer to jump ship? No, they didn't. I was highly insulted by that. <laughs> Years later, I said to Eric Bischoff, I said, why? Why the <laughs> hell did he ever offer me anything? Why didn't you? I didn't know. Yeah. Why didn't you give me the chance to tell you no? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Bruce... Who was the worst guest on the Brother Lowe show? Dino Bravo by himself. Very, very hard to to tell a story with Dino because Dino thought he could talk. Yeah. But Dino would, would get out <laughs> and Dino would open his mouth and you couldn't understand a thing that came out of his mouth. And his, uh, Eng- his French to English translation just didn't work. Yeah. And it was, it was always difficult because a lot of times I could do the promo for the guy. But Dino would keep interjecting, so it was it could be challenging at best. Uh, there was an episode with the Mega Bucks. He tried to pull the microphone away, and Andre wasn't done talking. He looked <laughs> genuinely terrified. Is, is that because a, I was? Is that a true story? That is a true story. Yes. Nothing wrong with being terrified around Andre. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying sometimes people embellish. But uh, you you were there. Yeah, because we had an out, and and, and in those days, we didn't have scripts. You know, we had had an idea of what we needed to uh, 
get across. And we went out and got it across like, like only we could. But I always had an out. I, I had a beginning, and, you know, here's how I'm going to start, and here's how we're going to end. Either mm-hmm. they had the out or I had the out. Well, Andre wasn't, wasn't doing his out, and I thought he was finished. And he had it. He just said, oh, yeah. But he was cool. He was cool. For a long time, Andre Andre didn't like Brother Love. He liked Bruce, but he did not like Brother Love. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful those kind of deals. Exactly. you got to be careful. He, was, he wasn't always a jolly giant. <laughs> Especially in later years. Yes. He was, but, you know, the poor bastard's in so much pain, and he gets a death wish. You know, he, he knows his life expectancy is defin- definitively sh- much shorter than the average guy ever will be. He didn't know exactly when it was going to be. He just knew it was going to be sooner than later. And I know his body was breaking down, his weight was ballooning, and just it was tough for him, man. Yep. Uh, I, I was talking to Timmy White one time about Andre, and and Timmy said that the one of the things that uh, Andre really was always concerned about, and would talk to Timmy about, and I guess to Frenchie as well, Frenchie Bernard, was uh, he 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 got very tired. Bruce of people staring at him, and I never thought of it that way because that's what he got for a living. He, the people stared at him for a living, basically, right? I mean, they paid money to come see him wrestle, and he wasn't really a, walking through. Yeah, walking through airports yeah. and, and sitting there trying to have a meal, and everybody's looking at at the giant. It's like because he was a spectacle. Yeah. What did he order? How big were his forks? Did he have his own silverware? He had eighteen yep. chicken legs. Who was your favorite uh, worker to manage? It's Taker on all fronts. It was absolutely the best, had the most fun, and, and we were friends, and it all worked. Hey, uh, what do you think about Kenny Omega? I had called three of his matches in 17 against uh, Okada, their top dog over there in New Japan, as you know, and uh, they had three really strong matches. Uh, then I had uh, uh, the Omega Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom. What is your assessment of Kenny Omega? Some people believe he is by far the best worker in the world today, and some people believe, as they would, that uh, he is overrated. I tend to think he's one of the better workers out there doing their thing right now, personally. But uh, what's your take on Kenny Omega? Well, I don't know if he's the best out there in the world today, but you've got to give him credit because whatever the hell he's doing, he's got people talking. So I will go back to a quote that, that Hulk Hogan said to me one time when they people would always come up to him and say, hey, who's the best worker? You or Ric Flair? You? And he would say, Vince McMahon, the guy that makes the most money is the best worker. Vince McMahon, he's the best worker. <laughs> so the fact that you're even asking me that question speaks to the talent that Kenny Omega has to be in the conversation and make people ask the question. So he's got to be doing something right. Uh, there, there's some things that I, I love that he does, some things I don't love that he does. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of the non-selling of big moves and getting right back up. But at the same time, some of his stuff is great. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and there's a lot of, He's a hell of an athlete. He is, and a lot of kids, young guys his generation, this age group, uh, you know, selling is not their – is not what they have refined. Spent the most time to refine. Selling is not fun. I wouldn't. I don't. I've never heard of uh, some wrestlers that are really good uh, showmen, artsmen, artisans. 
will tell you that selling is another game that you learn to play. And if you get really, really good at that skill set in your toolbox, it makes you a more complete talent. Therefore, it gives you a better chance to work on top and make the most money. It's kind of how it all works around the money. You know, but but again, Jim, the fact that he's in the conversation, people are talking about him. He's he's headlining yes. in Japan. They're talking about him over here, and he's he's in the conversation. I think everywhere you go, love him or hate him. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. People talked about it was blasphemy that Hulk Hogan would be a world champion. This guy doesn't know oh, wristwatch from a wrist lock, you know. Yeah. But yet, he was the top guy in the business. The guys who were fighting that too, most were promoters that were dying to make things say stay status quo you know they're the i remember one time being in a on a conference call cowboy fritz and me i was in watch's office in bixby and uh we're getting ready to move tv stations and he didn't he meaning fritz didn't want their him and watch are partners from some of these markets he didn't want to move this tv station so we're moving from a, a independent station to a network affiliate that's going to lock us in at 10.30 on Saturday night. Right, after, So our lead-in is the news, the local news. It made all the sense in the world. The household numbers, we blew everything away. And, and Fritz just didn't want to change. Just simple as that. He just didn't want to change. Or if he wanted, if, he, if change to be initiated, Brucey, it was it had to be his idea. That's what I was going to say. If, if it was his idea and his deal, then he would have gotten behind it. And Cowboy, hey, and, and, and Bill wasn't no, no choir boy either. I mean, he was he was a lot the same way as Fritz. He, he things were better if they were if they were his idea or could be made to be thought as such. But I don't know if I worked with anybody, including my dad on the farm, that would didn't have that attitude. I ain't telling you it's a great trait. I'm just saying this, when you when you work around a strong alpha male. In any walk of life, you're going to deal with that to some degree. It's just going to happen. Well, I, I remember, and that was what Pat and I always used to laugh about. We had we had been for quite a while talking about turning Shawn Michaels' baby face and got to the point where it got so bad that Vince told us never. And, you know, Vince. Vince is a never-say-never guy. All right. But Vince told us, do not ever bring up the suggestion of making Shawn Michaels a baby <laughs> face ever again. That little bastard will never be a baby face in my company. And and in those kind of words, Vince didn't say that. You know, he didn't he didn't refer to my company and never and and we're looking at each other going, oh man, we might have gone across the line on this one. And then coming out of uh, WrestleMania 11 and Vince getting in the car and looking at Pat and I and going, why am I the only one thinking here? We've got a baby <laughs> face on our hands. Yeah, we looked at each other. Show like, do. You're you're ribbing us right now, right? <laughs> and but it was his idea, and we rewrote everything and babyface. That's why the, I learned from Leroy McGurk and the Cowboy Bruce, the most powerful weapon in wrestling is the eraser. And always will be the eraser. <laughs> exactly. Hey, watch used yeah. to have the Cowboy, and this is honest to God truth. Cowboy used to have a an electric eraser, and when you when you hear that sound, sound like a you know like a pencil sharpener. Same basic noises, you know. Then uh, it was just uh, you knew he was in a bad mood because he's having to change bookings. And he's always he'll always say that. Yeah, the most powerful weapon right here. They think they got me. This is, but this always trumps whatever they want to do. The eraser. You just unbook yes. them, and he had no, they had no contract. They had no guarantee. 
What have, what have business these promoters had for so many years, right? I mean, think about that. No benefits, oh, yeah. no benefits, nothing. They held they held everyone's life in the palm of their hand. And you wonder why these guys are making bad decisions on drugs and alcohol and marriages and business investments and all that stuff because half of them were, were running from the shadow. You know, I I, I got to give a sidebar, but when you when you talked about the psi, the uh, the sound that the electric pencil sharpener made, it just made me go back to. Uh, where I don't think any of us had ever laughed so hard as to when you described someone's vibrator <laughs> yeah. that was like a chainsaw. By the way, that was... The old man loved that story. Oh, my God. He's asking to tell that story. Uh, Bruce has been 20 years ago. <laughs> he, for some reason, that that sick, sophomoric humor... Oh, of, that was I made completely, yeah. I made completely up. It just had the sound effects to it, and it it uh, it seemed like it, it resonated to some degree. Anyway, it was what it was. The, that that yeah, <laughs> that being and the, and then going from yeah. well, you know, <laughs> muffled. If some of sometimes the noises get muffled, and you know, oh, and she was God. a muffling type of person. So oh, we uh, laughed, uh, and then go, going in to meet the uh, the Nestle people, I guess at Nappy or something, singing N E S T L E S. Nestle makes the very best chocolate. Jesus. And at that point, uh, I remember because in some ways, and, and this is going to sound mean or terrible, but in some ways, the jury was still out on you. You know, with Vince. It was like, okay, is he one of us? Is he not? And when you walked into that meeting, and, and it was at the bar, and he, he goes, he goes, Jim's one of us. Yeah, we told you that. It's just give it time. <laughs> you know, nobody's one of us until they come in, you know. Damn, give them a break. Yeah. But that was that, was that moment, you know, the Nestle song. Well, it's a, you know, you kind of learn the ways of the world, you know. You got to look at your surroundings and understand your audience. It was really good for a young businessman uh, and someone that you know that kept fighting every day just to stay relevant and keep a gig. Because I didn't really want to do. I wanted to do some sort of announcing, but because I, I that was the most fun of my all my stuff I did. Was, that was the most fun to do. And so like being Brother Love, I'm thinking I'm thinking performing Brother Love is a whole hell of a lot more fun than writing TV. Hell yeah. Right? Every minute. And we all know what you get paid for writing TV and what you get paid for being a talent. It's a big difference. Exactly. Well, it was an even bigger difference back in those days. It was was a little bit more of a disparity. Yeah. Well, it was – but the journey's been very interesting, very interesting uh, for you and me, and we're still on our journey. Uh, you know, Bruce is on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. You know that at Bruce Pritchard, and our show is at Pritchard Show. There you go. Where you can enjoy us, and we also have our Instagram, which is at Pritchard Show, <laughs> and something to wrestle at uh, Facebook, Facebook dot com. Some something to wrestle over hey, there. So check n- us out. I noticed that uh, you're. Were you the first guy to do the deal? We buy a T shirt. I'll call you. Yes. You're, you're not- Conrad Thompson idea. He asked me what happens when they buy a shirt. I said, they get a shirt. He says, you ever call them? He says, well, how long is that going to take? Just say thank you. And I started doing it 
we started promoting it, which made a big difference. So sure. that was that was pretty cool. But we we like to do that, and we've got those over at BrucePritchard.com. Don't put a T in my name. Put one on your back. There you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now he's coming through the heavy duty stuff toward the end here. The big finish. The third fall is Bruce's. Get your stuff in, kid. <laughs> Get it in, brother. Uh, where is Senior Tom Pritchard? Tom is Tom is right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, and he's getting his real estate license and doing oh, good. things. And good. Still, good. still staying active in the business, doing seminars and training, and uh, living a happily married life. I'm thinking, uh, and that's good news. I'm thinking that you could, you'd have to. Really work hard to find somebody better than Tom on a on a seminar. Uh, in, you know the culture of the locker room, fundamental soundness, do's and don'ts. Uh, I just think he because he's lived it, on the good side and the bad side. He's just uh, worldly, so I think that's smart. I'm glad he's doing that. Well, I'm, I'm biased, but I, I do think that as far as a lot of the trainers that came through, especially at the time when we were first starting the developmental and all that, I think Tom's one of the best trainers that, that I've ever seen oh, in yeah, the business. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember that time we had to bring him into uh, my office with Dory and Marty? Yes, I sure do. <laughs> God Almighty! Here I said, "What the hell have I got myself in? What is we? What are we doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> or why are we why are we having this discussion about you know uh, oh. etiquette and, and professionalism and all these things? Come on, especially when you're looking at the people in the room. Oh yeah, that's like okay. Oh, is this real? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get this deal. Uh, I need to, just somebody tell me what time it is. Don't tell me how to make the watch. And yep. uh, we got to fix though. We fixed it. And, and look. Those two guys in concert with each other, uh, for a good while, they're trained a lot of really, really good talent. Uh, they had a good, you know, they had a good feel for the coaching side of uh, that, of that, that skill set, and they didn't keep things from the talent. They they taught them all they could hold, all you could retain. You got it. So I, I was thought they were very much underrated. Those guys, Tom and 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 uh, Junior, without a question, among other guys that helped us. But you know, they were. There were two right there that were in the very forefront of that damn thing when we were doing it out in the warehouse with TV. Yeah, and the, the beautiful thing about it, what I always would say to people is, they taught the fundamentals. Yeah. Which, without the fundamentals, you, you got nothing. That's right, buddy. Well, uh, I'm uh, glad that you're uh, – I'm glad you had, had you on the show and uh, enjoyed catching up. How's your family? Good? Everybody's good, man. Everybody's good. Is your daughter still wrestling? She's not. She's going to college right now, and I really tried to get her to go to a college here in town, which was a women's college that actually had a wrestling team. Wow. And she just was was kind of done with it. But she, she got to go to state, and she was uh, she went from her sophomore year, the coach coming to me and saying, you know, she might be better as a manager or something if she really wants to be on the wrestling team. Mm. To, um, hey Amber, you got to take it. You got to take it a little easier on some of these girls. Uh, because in between in between her matches, I would videotape her matches and send the tapes, uh, send the video to Kurt Angle and Jerry Briscoe. Wow! And Jerry Briscoe would get on the phone with her in between matches. Think <laughs> now, Amber. 
here's what you did wrong. Now, when you throw that cross face, you need to <laughs> shoot it in and just rub right across the nose, right across the bridge of her nose, and twist. Yeah. And and so her coach would be, Amber, what are you doing on the phone? And she's like, I'm on the phone with Kurt Angle. And <laughs> 1996 Olympian, gold medalist. Yes, exactly. Nobody else there had an Olympic gold medalist coaching them and looking at their videos in between. There you go. But she was she was a little stud, man. She uh, she kicked ass her senior year. It's good, a good experience for her. She probably good, learned a lot about herself and starting a project and finishing the project. I think it's really important for kids. No matter what the project is, it could be a goddamn woodworking class. Who cares? As long as you finish what you start. It's, exactly. It's important nowadays. So uh, we can. If I want to go to one place and find out everything you guys are doing, you and Connie, <laughs> my boy Conrad, he's so cheeky. Uh, what do? Uh, where, where can we go to find everything? Is there a, a web, your Check web? out our, our our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash something to wrestle. There you go, folks. And all of our information is right there with all of our latest shows and how to get shirts and live event information, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And, and uh, well, I think what you ought to do is you ought to call people uh, and and just do a different voice every time. You ain't got to ever be <laughs> yourself. Just put your sunglasses on, get in your office, and call them on a speakerphone, and just be somebody every different every time. You can work on your game, man. You can work on your game. Are you going that on uh, Jericho's cruise? I am not. No, I wasn't asked that bastard. Huh. Well, it's a, I think it's going to be some great audio gathered there, first of all, and I think that it's going to be a great place to sell products. And uh, so captive audience. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking Raphael with me. He'd be my date, Raphael Morphy, <laughs> and uh, he does a good job, by the way. He's a lot smarter than I am, thank God. And but we're going to sell books and. You know, whatever other, whatever else we can conjure up, but that's that'll be a fun deal. You ought to, I'll ask about that myself. But you, you should uh, follow up on that, Bruce. That'd be a great opportunity for you guys. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, why not? By then, you may have the Conrad Thompson cruise. See, well, you get, you guys understand what he's doing here, right? He's going to be the he's going to be the Mister Barnett. Of this, he's going to be Mula. He's a he's a male Mula. <laughs> he's going to take he's he's going to choke the life out of you guys. You're going to make him rich. <laughs> Say, brother, he's going to scream. My boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Jim, you were always my favorite. I know. I know. I loved, uh, you know. Get your hair out of your face, Jerry. In, in Jim Barnett's later years of his life, I, Vince had, had asked me to uh, reach out to Jim, and I was talking to Jim probably once or twice a week, right up until the time that uh, he left us. And I, I got to, uh, you know, out of all those years, I, I learned more about Jim Barnett probably in the last six months, year of his life than I ever knew. And it was it was incredible just to he was he was a genius. He was so far ahead of his oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. It, it, the problem was is our society then was even more uh, narrow minded than they are now. And now it's ridiculous. People getting right. killed over their over their sexuality. Are you kidding me? Yep. Come on. And he, he uh, I watched the, uh, I don't know, it was Christmas Eve or somewhere along there. I watched the this Godfather marathon on a, a AMC, I think it was. It didn't supplant me watching Christmas with the Duke, which I do every Christmas. And uh, but anyway, I watched, I was watching these Godfather movies. And the one, there's a scene where uh, Michael Corleone is down with the uh, uh, 
the Jewish fella uh, that's going to be kind of playing the uh, Meyer Lansky uh, role. Uh, right. Uh, so he uh, and and Barnett told me about going to meetings in Havana during that whole era of uh, of uh, big business and moving monies around and laundering money and all kinds of stuff. And so when I when I see that that film, I I think of his that scenario because he told me the story that to keep his front up. They got him hooked up with a hooker, and he had sex with a woman for the first time in his life, unbeknownst to his comrades, and, and she gave him the clap. Yep. I said, that's cruel irony. That's just not, that's just, un, here's a gay man, he's a 100% gay man, having to have sex with a, a female, who then subsequently gives him the clap. And he was thoroughly disgusted. Thoroughly disgusted. He said, I will never change teams. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, my yeah, boy. Yeah, right. But I'm sure your wife is a nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the funny thing about it was that he had never met my wife, but he used to send her gifts. Yeah, good gifts too, man. Yes. And it was it was just the craziest thing. And, and, and that's funny because he shared that exact same story with me. And... The thing, and he—that was his finish on it. I've never met your wife. He was. I don't know how you do it. I've never met your wife, but I'm sure she's a very nice lady. Yes. <laughs> and that's always attracted me in a relationship. The nice right, ladies. Jim? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's good people we've met. A lot of good, crazy folks, to say the least. Character. Yeah. No kidding, man. They're real. Character. They're real, and and that's what you got. And so they never play the role of somebody else. Hey, Brucey, I, I appreciate you uh, hopping on. I'm proud of what you guys are doing. I'm glad that you have the same philosophy that, that I, I have, and that is if we get more people to listen to wrestling podcasts, they might listen to ours. That's all. There you go. Simple as that, man. Just simple as that. And and that's like saying I don't care about Impact Wrestling doing good or not. I don't have any attachment to the brand. Well, I know a lot of people well, that work there. i got people that work there. I know people yeah. like you do. So why would we want anything but good things to happen for anybody in the business, no matter what? area of the business or what company yeah i don't i go i can't I don't, I don't get that i can't see i want the business to thrive absolutely man absolutely so uh it will you guys are thriving and uh again follow bruce on on twitter at bruce pritchard he's an interesting follow thank you man i certainly appreciate bruce pritchard joining me here again and uh always nice to catch up with your buddies right man we've been friends a long time the things that we have done in our lifetime uh crazy crazy you know when you get two chubby guys late late night and they get the munchies it's a sad thing there have been times he and i needed a food intervention because i tell you whataburgers open 24 7 that's dangerous next week on this program the ever dangerous conrad thompson will be joining us for the first time on our show uh, we'll be talking to Conrad about his Mount Rushmore of wrestling. And you're going to be very surprised, perhaps, uh, who he left out. Uh, also, his uh, relationship with Ric Flair, the great Ric Flair, and uh, all the things that he – Conrad's kind of burst on the scene and become quite the uh, wrestling uh, personality. And, hey, more power to him. He's Conrad is like Cody. He's taken an opportunity – 
and he's magnifying it. He's embellishing it, and he's making it better. That's a great philosophy for all of us. So, and I can tell you this, you heard me mention about the, the comfort zone thing. I'm a big believer in this thing, man. Conrad and Bruce ain't going to sit in their comfort zone. They're all, all the time getting better, working their ass off, and I appreciate that. So next week, Conrad Thompson. He's a little bit of a cross between Chef Paul Perdome and Don DeLuise. I like both those characters. But he's a, he's a very, very intelligent, interesting man. And uh, we'll talk to Conrad here next week on the program. You know, one of the nice uh, things I heard last week, feedback-wise, was that you guys enjoyed the mailbag section, even though it's very, it's old standard bill of fare. I've never done it before on my show, uh, but it's not that creative. But I, I try to, I, I just think it's good to interact with the audience. I think you guys have uh, your bright minds. The social media has uh, given us given us all information that we didn't have heretofore. Uh, some people take that a little bit too far in my opinion sometimes you know sometimes it's the old deal where a little knowledge is uh, dangerous and you can get your questions on the on deck circle so to speak by emailing those questions to the jim ross report at gmail.com all right so uh this is from uh sal in anaheim he said he's a big fan of my work i appreciate that my question to you is if presented correctly with good storytelling do you believe a persona like the undertaker could be used by a different performer? Interesting question, Sal. I've never seen it work before. Maybe in the sixties and seventies, uh, some territories that switched out different guys uh, for a mask and a mask gimmick or something. Uh, one of the famous failures was when Jimmy Snuka left WWF at that time, maybe in WWF, uh, and a, a, a Island, competitor named Sifi Afi was brought in looked a lot like Jimmy and people saw it was, they were trying too hard uh, to replace him I remember Cowboy Bill Watts trying that same thing that, that you asked Sal when he replaced in Junkyard Dog Brickhouse Brown, George Wells The Snowman, Never, none of it worked I say it's not going to work I don't think anybody could be The Undertaker but The Undertaker I think the closest you're going to get may be something like Bray Wyatt and his uh, magical powers wink wink his voodoo wink wink whatever the hell it may be but trying to clone or print another undertaker to me would be the kiss of death so appreciate the question i just that would not be something i'd want to do uh this is from ted dahlman uh happy i'm back in the saddle it's, i'm a native of tulsa i wonder if you have any cool or crazy stories that happened in tulsa uh, and yeah, of course, there's a lot of them. I live there. My, my two daughters still live in Tulsa. Uh, my grandchildren live in Tulsa. So it's, I'm still a nine one eight er at heart. I remember in, uh, Oklahoma city on a Sunday afternoon at the myriad that they called it then Butch Reed and John Nord, the barbarian got into a fist fight for real. And their faces are all swelled up and eyes busted. And they did a pretty good number on each other. And uh, the fight was broken up in Oklahoma City. So it's 100 miles on the interstate or turnpike from OKC to Tulsa. It's about 100 miles. takes about you know, a little under two hours to drive it. So that night after Oklahoma City, we would have our TV taping in Tulsa. And uh, so the double shot, in other words, every other week. So here comes uh, Nord. We didn't have cell phones in those days. Here comes Nord and, and Butch Reed, Hacksaw Butch Reed 
Cowboy Season, the Cowboy Bill Watts, of course, the promoter. Ask Grizzly Smith, the father of Jake Roberts and Robin and Sam Houston, who was a big road agent there for WWE, or excuse me, for Mid-South. What happened? Because no cell phone, no texting, no calling. Well, boss, uh, Butch and John got into a little scuffle, and they beat the hell out of each other. Uh, and Bill said, well, who won? Well, we stopped it. What? We stopped it. Why the hell did you stop it? Well, they're going to kill each other. So Watts said, go get them. And we're in a secure area. There's nobody around. Go get them. So Grizz goes and sends a referee after one. He goes and gets the other one because they're dressing on separate sides of the arena. The, the, the heels dressed on one side of the building, the baby face dressed on the other. So they, he gets, Watts brings them to the back and makes them stand face to face. Okay, finish your fight. That's how I did it in my territory. I want this done. I want it over with, and I want to ever hear about it again. Well, both of them were beat up. Their hands were swollen. Their faces were swollen. They didn't feel like engaging again, as Chris Jericho would say, again, again. He didn't want to do it. But they got it out of their system. So that's one story from those Tulsa years. But uh, you got to remember, when you have all your crew in town every other Sunday, they make uh, acquaintances. They, they have their, their haunts they like to go to. Uh, there's a lot of Tulsa stories uh, from that UWF era. But I can tell you this, Nord and Butch never had any more problems with each other. They got it out of their system. Uh, this question says, uh, Mr. Ross, why was it decided that when King returned to commentary in 2001, he would be a babyface? Uh, which version of the King did you prefer to work with, babyface or heel? Well, any time that your partner can have a opposing point of view without making you and he, he the uh, focal point of the dialogue, it's, it's better for a play-by-play -play guy, in my opinion. It was for me. But Jerry always had controversial opinions. He always had – he said things that were, you know, kind of outrageous, even as a baby face. So uh, the honor of working with Jerry Lawler, uh, whether he was a heel or baby face, didn't bother didn't, – didn't, didn't affect me. I didn't have a preference. He, I've always said this. Jerry Lawler, as far as J.R. and the King are concerned, Jerry Lawler is the star of the show. He was the star of our team. Uh, I, I was a straight man. Didn't have a problem being in that role. So uh, Jerry just so good as he adapted so easily. Him being a bay face or a heel is, uh, you know, didn't matter. You do not want him to agree with everything I said because then that gets redundant. And, and nor do you want him to disagree for just for the sake of disagreeing. I hear that a lot on TV nowadays. The quote-unquote uh, controversial color guys feel compelled to always disagree with uh, pretty much everything that's said, so they have their own unique opinion, and it's weak. It's really weak. You guys should think about that a little bit. So Lawler always, when Lawler disagreed, he disagreed and had a reason for it. So the bottom line of that, kids, is in closing, is that any opportunity to work with the king is a good opportunity, and I'm all about opportunities. Remember – the Jim Ross report at gmail.com is where you can send your questions for the mailbag. We've got quite a few asking about uh, Court Bowers Major League Wrestling. They're going to be debuting on the BN, BN Swartz uh, on Friday nights. Uh, and uh, BN, pretty simple, right? BN Swartz USA Network. Uh, and I am very happy that there's more opportunities being created for work. I'm happy that young men like Court and his crew, uh, Alex Greenfield, and Bruce Fritcher's on that uh, team, that they have work 
and they're living, they're trying to live their dream within the business. So they're creating their own opportunities. So uh, check it out. BN Sports, Friday nights, Tony Schiavone, uh, Rich Focini on uh, the uh, call. Two really good announcers. And it's great to see, especially, no, no sliding my friend Rich. It's great to see uh, my dear friend Tony Schiavone back behind the microphone doing a little wrestling. So uh, if nothing else, and there's a, they got some good talents, don't get me wrong. Uh, they, uh, I want to hear those guys call their, call their show. And by the way, I'm told that MLW has been taking their TV shows in, in Orlando. That's no secret. Uh, they're also looking at some major venues in major markets for future television tapings. And, uh, that'll be, be pretty, uh, pretty exciting. We'll try to keep you updated with that. We have some, we have sources embedded in the organization. So check it out and congratulations to court Bauer and his crew. I wish you nothing but success. This here's a dandy. This is from Tyler. I can only imagine. You go, hang with me, folks. Here it says, Why, I am not the most physical-looking specimen. I do have a knack for announcing. In today's world and age, what advice would you give to get started with a career in WWE, either as a ring announcer or a play-by-play commentator? Regards, Tyler, in all caps. Well, Tyler, I don't know what you look like. You know, I'm the part of the, I'm probably a good example. You ain't got to be uh, Brad Pitt to find work. But I will tell you, with three bouts of Bell's palsy, a round face like Conrad, <laughs> that uh, I would uh, have a challenging time right now getting a job in television in the wrestling world where there's only a few jobs available. And the, spot, the spots are very, very scarce and very, very valued. Uh, look is important to be on television. We cannot get around it. Uh, ageism, sexism, all that stuff. And it's a reflection of what the public's going to buy. The public likes youth and prettiness, handsome guys, pretty women. Uh, you know, I didn't feel those bills from either side. I'd never been a pretty woman. I tried one night. No, I didn't. I'd never been a pretty woman. Uh, I did watch the movie one time. Uh, but you got to have, you got to look at your, so if you don't believe you're, if you're overweight, do something, you can do something about that, right? If you got bad teeth, you can do something about that. Work on your game. Get all the practical experience you can. You'll get a, you have to do a lot of it for free. So what? So what? Uh, and practice, 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 and build yourself a reel. Volunteer for local indies to do whatever they need for you to do, as long as you maybe do a ring announcement match or something like that. But uh, it's practice and reps, and just don't give up the journey. If you turn your jersey in, Tyler, you'll never get on the team. Man, we've had another packed show. Hope you guys have liked it. Uh, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying working with all the folks at Westwood One. Really do appreciate you guys for uh, subscribing to our podcast for free. You know you know all about the five-star rating and the leaving me the comments. And that those are things that the podcast world uses to uh, monetize and, and to determine the success and sometimes the failure of, of a podcast. So I, I need your help there, and I appreciate it. As I said, I'll dance at your next wedding, more than likely. Uh, I am seem extremely pleased to still be doing my work on Friday nights for Access TV, uh, one of the nicest groups of people I've ever been associated with. Uh, as I record this, I am in Los Angeles getting ready to do five shows uh, for Access TV uh, for the upcoming weeks as we start building more momentum 
uh, for the next live New Japan show in July in the Cow Palace in San Francisco that I'm very excited about uh, being a part of. So uh, check us out. Access TV is Mark Cuban's network. Who would ever thought that an old country boy like me would be working for two billionaires, Vince McMahon and Mark Cuban? Not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. Don't forget, Slobberknocker is in uh, bookstores everywhere. It's available on Amazon, Amazon UK, Amazon Australia. Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling. Uh, fourth printing. It's a bestseller. Uh, I'm blessed. Uh, I dedicated the book to my late wife, Jan, uh, for a lot of good reasons. Uh, and I hope you will check that out at some point in time. Uh, it's available on ebooks, hard hardback, uh, and of course, the audio book. I read the audio book myself, hard, tough, challenging. I had to stop and cry for a little bit, but you didn't hear it. I'm not going to embarrass me or you, but it was challenging. So if you get a chance to hear the audio book, uh, you might want to check it out. I've had people tell me that they read my book, our book. They read our book, Paul O'Brien, you know, um, Scott Williams, my wife, Jan, it was our book. And you buying it and you reading it now, it's your book. But a lot of folks said, I read the book, but then I heard the audio version and it was just phenomenal. So I can't tell you it's phenomenal because I don't want to bring my arm patting myself on the back, but I think you'll uh, get a kick out of the audio book if you haven't heard it. Um, again, I'll be down in Texas this weekend. I love mentoring these kids. Uh, IWR, internationalwrestlingrevolution.com, tickets for information for all these texas events in the metroplex gainesville dallas and denton uh and i'm looking forward to that helping these young kids live their dream just like another oklahoma kid did way back in the day again mentoring people and helping others is a really cool thing and at this stage of my life my kids hate when i say this i know i'm on the back nine i get it i know that but on whatever time i got left man i want to help people I want people to say, man, OJR gave me some real good advice one night in Gainesville, Texas. Those are the kind of things you look for. So that's that for today. And folks, in closing, uh, somewhat of a sad note, it can be, uh, you know, the death of Bruno San Martino a few days ago at age 82. Uh, just it shocked me because the last time I saw and talked to Bruno, he, he looked like a, a million bucks. You know, he was still running and doing all kinds of uh, cardio training, and he was an athletic freak of nature, one of the true great uh, men in American history. He said, well, God, roll your eyes. You know, he did a lot for a lot of people. Uh, he showed uh, immig immigrants that they can be something, that don't put any limits on yourself. Uh, he became from, a, you know, avoiding a Nazi concentration camps and things of that nature. Uh, to getting to the United States and becoming just this amazing wrestling star. Probably, I would say, safely say, that no wrestler in the future will ever have the tenure on top with the championship like Bruno did on two different occasions in the, in the WWE. Bruno Sammartino is one of the nicest men I've ever known. I didn't call any of his matches. I saw him and met him after his career. But when Bill Watson and I would ride down the road and he'd say, hey, kid, just think, if you listen to me, maybe someday you'll, you'll be good enough to work in New York. 
man, how, boy, how did that prophecy come about? That really happened. He said, and Bill, Bill was in the third year in his business in New York, and he and Bruno became workout partners in the gym because they both lifted heavy. So then they had, Bruno said, I'll take this young kid. He, Bill had only been in the business three years, and I'll, make him, I'll help make him a star, and he did. Bruno gave Watts the rub as his tag team partner and then embraced Watts turning villain on Bruno, and they did nothing but draw money. They had three sellouts in Madison Square Garden, which at the time for three, the same match to sell out three different occasions was uh, almost unheard of. It happened, but not often. Uh, but Bill said, if you ever get to New York and you're around him, be sure you meet and you listen and you respect Bruno San Martino. Uh, and I had never met Bruno, but I saw what he did for Bill. I know what kind of heart he had. And then, you know, my late wife, Jan, was a Pittsburgh girl. Bruno, he's Pittsburgh all the way. So there was always that link there. And so I, my heart goes out to the fans and certainly the family of Bruno San Martino. And uh, i so saddened to hear of his passing. He is, as they say, in a better place. Uh, a lot of his friends uh, are in heaven. I believe in that. I believe he's there. But he will be missed. The world lost one of the greatest of all time that can never be replicated when Bruno San Martino died at 82 years of age this week in Pittsburgh. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. Uh, I hope that you will join us next week. Conrad Thompson will be along. We'll have all of our regular features and more. Tell your friends about our show. I want to thank Westwood One for uh, having me on the team. Appreciate it. But most of all, I want to thank you guys for tuning in, subscribing, and listening to our show and spreading the word that the Jim Ross Report podcast is back. And I thank you so much for being with us. And so until next Wednesday, I'm good old JR saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network. Talk is Jericho with your host, Chris Jericho. Join me and my guest, Kenny Omega. Talk a little bit about your re-entrance. My idea was heavily influenced actually originally from like the 1990s like X-Men cartoon with Apocalypse where like Apocalypse was the most strongest mutant. Talk is Jericho. Subscribe and download free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.